0: On Tuesday, February 7th, Microsoft announced the new Bing and Edge browser powered by upgraded ChatGPT AI. Microsoft shares rose around 3% on that day. The next day, Google announced its much-anticipated AI chatbot, Bard, and they immediately lost $100 in market value. I'm Lee Levy, co-founder of Nanato Media and author of Beyoncé Habla Español, How Lawyers Win the Hispanic Market, and this is In Camera Podcast, where we hear alarms going off in Google. Welcome to Camera Podcast, Private Legal Marketing Conversations. Grace, welcome back. So nice to see you. It's so great to see you too, Leo. How's everything been going? It's been two weeks, but I must say very happening two weeks, at least from the AI news cycle, which we're going to get into in just one moment. But what about another news? Another news
1: uh, besides the AI stuff and you know, a couple mass tour things we'll be talking about here, there's a lot of shows going on. There's a lot of events coming back that, you know, may or may not have ever happened before or Mm. that they're just coming back again, you know, or new ones. Like there seems to be just an insane amount of conferences (laughs) that just started popping up.
0: Around this oh, time interesting. Period. I don't think I well. I, I'm I I am not been following that that much, uh, but weirdly enough, now that you mention it, just today I received an email about a Morgan and Morgan put together a conference, something going on. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm pretty certain that's probably one of those that you were talking about. But what else? And also, um, Aaj right just just took place a couple of weeks ago. Right at, right when we were uh, last recording our episode, I believe that's when it took place.
1: That's correct. And then you've got Law Tigers Summit coming up, which is, you know, it's a client specific one. So it's slightly different than our usual, um I'd say, big conferences or anything like yeah. that. It's a small yeah, conference, yeah, yeah. but it's still a conference that, you know, uh-huh. we're going to be attending. And then almost immediately after, within about two weeks or so, then there's TBI Mid Legal, which, you know, that's a pretty big one that happens every year.
0: Yeah. California, correct? Correct. Correct. Yeah. And Law Tigers are there doing theirs in Arizona.
1: Yes, that's correct. Okay. They'll be in Arizona around that area. That's where they're based out of. Um, and primarily they do all of their loud tiger stuff there. But, of course, yeah. as you guys know, they're regional. But, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, that's exciting, Grace. Yeah, sure. Keep us uh, posted. And uh, if you'll be attending in person some of those, it will be great to hear how those Uh, Go down. I'm sure uh, they're great. And uh, we'll be looking forward to hearing about those. And probably, yeah, probably we should get Michael Bloom here back at some point to tell us a little bit about some of the conferences that he's been attending because he hits all of them. So, um, yeah. He Uh, sure does. Yeah, there's no better person to ask. So, um, Grace, let's get ourselves here on track. And as we were mentioning, there's a lot that happened over the past couple of weeks when it comes down to the presence of AI in our lives, right? Just when we thought that nothing can beat chat GPT, guess what? The new being, right, as Microsoft is calling it because it doesn't really get a particular name other than the new being or as some have uh, started calling it, being GPT, is actually pretty powerful, Grace. Very, very impressive stuff. So here's what happened. Right around two weeks ago, Microsoft announced their first product integrated with ChatGPT, which as everybody expected, was the Bing web browser, okay? And the way that they are kind of like rolling this out to the market is not necessarily never seen before way. You can say it's clever not clever it's a whole different conversation but basically they're rolling it out on a waiting list basis okay so if you want to be able to use the new bing you need to register your interest And then Microsoft will tell you, well, if you kind of like wanna increase your odds at getting it faster, you need to set up the Microsoft powered web browser, which I don't know what it is called nowadays, right? But that one (laughs) needs to be uh, your default web browser. And then obviously being your default search engine. And then if you do those things, then you may get fast tracked to the waiting list.
1: Ah. Now,
0: um, what we know though, from the people that have been able to either on the day of the announcement just do some hands-on testing or playing with the uh, platform in the sandbox and people who already have access to it is that it actually is working very Well, um, sure, a lot has been written as well about some of the complications, some of the deficiencies, right? You know, um, it doesn't work perfectly after you've been trying to chat with it for two hours consecutively, but it kind of like loses track of what was the conversational initial about, initially about. But Grace, um, here's the thing, right? When, when, When you and I first started talking about AI and how it will impact the way that we know legal digital marketing. We both agreed that we do not see this really disrupting much the process of creating quality quality content for websites, for SEO ranking purposes. And I stand by it. Even now, today, still stand by it. But what we did acknowledge is that this can actually change the way in which users use search engines, particularly which search engines they use. And what is really at stake in here is Google's market share. And we're going to get into that in one moment, because I think it is fair to say that the release of chat of the new Bing has been received with bells and whistles. People are very happy with it. It's actually proven to be a very, very, very effective tool. And just to tell you a little bit about it, Grace. Like, so some of the opportunities and the deficiencies that we were talking about that ChatGPT has. Like, you know, it doesn't give you sources and the information is not accurate. Some of, some of it is blunt out incorrect, right? So, um, what Bing does when it actually gives you uh, answers is it actually mentions the sources, it cites the sources. And I actually gonna share here my screen so you can see how exactly does this look like. But it's pretty cool. So here you can see, Grace, like a person searched himself, right? What does him his name is Brody Clark, think about the release of the new Bing. And you can see here on the query itself what it actually pulled out, the search engine Bing. Brody Clark is an independent NCO consultant and organic growth advisor. And you see that little number one there floating over. There you go. You have there the source, which this was subtracted from data from LinkedIn, who has recently got access to the new Microsoft Bing. He seems to be impressed by the chat functionality, which he calls a nice extension of how ChatGPT works. Two sources, right? LinkedIn.com and Twitter.com. Okay, you're starting to notice something, some sort of pattern there. He also encourages others uh, to test it out for themselves. We see Twitter again, cited there. He has not posted a detailed review of new Bing yet, but based on the previous work, he's likely uh, to provide a meticulously researched audit report with useful recommendations, right? And then they cited his own website. So Grace, this is mind-blowing. It is really mind-blowing. And what really stands out of this is how it actually scrolls and gets information from social media, which is one thing that has never been really well executed in text by search engines. It hasn't. It has almost been the rule that what goes in social media doesn't necessarily have a direct impact on what actually ranks or shows up on the search results page. And they're here you know, we are seeing an example of what the actual user sees. So I want to stop here for one moment because I really want to hear your thoughts on this whole new Bing thing. You
1: know, that that in and of itself does change a lot of the things that we were talking about because 100%, I mean, when it comes to citations, right, and actually knowing where this data came from and having sources like that is huge. So I I feel like this is a pretty massive change in the way the ChatGPT was being used and how it's now being used by Bing and the whole integration. As a matter of fact, as we were speaking, I signed up for the wait list <laughs> for Bing because, you know, I can't help myself. And I'm yeah, looking I know.
0: at it. You, you, you're probably going to get fast there, Grace, because you, uh, you're kind of like a Microsoft fan. Everything you have is kind of like linked to their suite of products. I have nothing Microsoft other than uh, Office 365. So I'm probably going to be the last person to end- <laughs> to get access to, th- to this. But I'm pretty certain that you're going to have access to this by the time that we speak next time.
1: Yeah, and further to that, just so everybody knows on here, you don't actually... So Microsoft Edge is the name of their browser, by the way. right, yes. Yeah, but according to this, it says get the waitlist faster. So yes, I clicked on the Microsoft defaults, and what popped up, you'll be interested to know, is Microsoft Bing search engine for Google Chrome Right. add-in. So it's not just Edge. Like I'm sure if you put Edge, it would be even faster, but I... I like Google, and you know, I, I I'm sorry, I will not move away from Google as my search engine. But to have both, definitely no problem. So now yeah. I have both. I've got my add in for Microsoft Bing search engine as my default, so I can get quicker through that wait list, hopefully. And uh, yeah, I'm doing it through Chrome too. So I've got both. I like. Yeah. This. The-
0: That's absolutely right. And true to what you've said, we also need to compartmentalize here and remember that the search engine is not necessarily the browser you use. You can use whichever browser you want and have access to whichever search engine you you want, right? So obviously, that's going to be a thing that doesn't change. But right now, during the rollout period, obviously, Microsoft is leveraging their upper hand and they're trying to get people to... You no, know, like spend Google. more time, yes, yeah, spend more time using their software, spend more time using their search engine uh, over anything else that they may be using. So, Grace, let's now talk a little bit about how does this work because you may you may be puzzled a little bit. So so what does it mean? Like you get to Bing now and when you type in a query, instead of getting results, you get kind of like an answer from a bot, and you have the option. Yes, one of them could be same similar interface of Chat GPT you go there you type in your query and then you get kind of like a response in a chat sort of format right which is what we just went through now the search version of it is one where you actually still get a page of search results and on the other on, on the other half you start getting a summary of information on the topics that you on the topic that you've searched about right so it kind of gives you both options. And what is very, very cool, grace, and I think if you'd ask me probably one of the most impactful things that are gonna come out of it, is that now there is also the uh, capability for you to in the in the form kind of like as a as a as an extension to your browser, you can activate. The Bing GPT, if you may, okay, while you are inside of their other websites like for instance, say you Facebook and they have a function that it's called compose that will allow you to start at uh, creating a post on Facebook using their AI, right So it's kind of like an editing tool that does the work for you and here is the one where I think it's even more powerful it's the one that allows you to go to any website okay and through the chat function it can summarize for you the information inside the page or you can ask for it to find information inside the website and it basically allows users to go into a site and kind of like skim the information they want very easily very easily, very effortlessly without having to navigate much to removes kind of like the effort of having to explore inside a website.
1: That's really interesting because I, you know, I'm wondering how that's going to affect uh, things from like everything from bounce rates to entry pages to, you know, that kind of stuff, those types of metrics. That'll be interesting to see how what happens with those when it's really just summarizing
0: things from what you land on. Right. Which could yeah, be a homepage. Home. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what, Grace? I think for many, it will help them because how many people, they don't have a ton of content on their website, but the UX and the UI is a piece of shit, right? And people just bounce right out because they don't want to have to deal with it. But now, hey, you have a tool that's actually going to allow them to just at least try and see, you know what, this ranks high. Maybe there is some value in here, but I don't have any time here to go around and mess around searching for stuff. Can I actually sm- find the information that I need in a smarter way? Um, and so there is that, right? But at the same time, I think, kind of like more objectively looking at the importance of actually having content in your website, mm-hmm. this is going to pr- put, you know, create a very, very uh, clear precedent of, you know, your website has content or your website does not, because it, it The answer is going to be, I did not find any information with regards to that here or substantial information about here, or you know what? There is a ton of information here, and these are the highlights that you should uh, know or start off with. So um, I think it's tremendously exciting to see this new tech deployed in this way. To no surprise, the announcement of uh, or the release of the new Bing took the Microsoft stock up, right? People felt confident about it. Not a tremendous growth, but the market responded very well. Now, what happened with Google? Just the day after Alphabet, the parent company of Google, released their chatbot, which is their response to ChatGPT, mind you, ChatGPT, not to the new Bing, to Chat GPT. They're still catching up with Chat GPT. They released their new chatbot, which they named BARD. Okay. BARD. Now, Grace, obviously the optics are already terrible for Google, right? They're come. they're now they now look like a dinosaur in comparison to what Microsoft and Chat GPT and OpenAI are doing. Okay. So the optics are not good, but then, all right, finally, like they're coming up with their own chat bot, okay? And they put it a very, uh, I don't know what are your thoughts on the name, but I started to be like what's happening with the way that we Awful. name things nowadays. Awful. Yes, it's terrible, right? <laughs> Honestly, like, w- Bard? Can we come up with good names anymore? Like, what happens with the series and the Alexis and all of those great names that we used to put for uh, <laughs> voice assistants? Now we're just settling like for the <laughs> for the worst of them all. Anyhow, <laughs> so they release Bard, and during the release keynote, right, like the presentation, the live stream, this you know everybody's watching. They test the tool. Okay, And the tool spits out wrong information. And don't ask me what it was about the question. I know it had something to do with the satellite that took the first pictures of stars, something, right? And the information was incorrect, all right? Grace, not only that's tremendously embarrassing, Google on that day alone lost $100 million of market cap, right, of value, Their stock plunged significantly, 9% on that day alone. That's how the market feels about Alphabet's answer to chat GPT. Not good. Not good. So alarms are ringing at Google. They're under pressure. Okay. They're under pressure. And here is the thing, right? This is just kind of like their first attempt at creating a consumer-based product at AI, but they've not yet even shed light into when is this actually going to come to their search engine. And so they're certainly feeling the pressure. And what's happening in here, and that's going back to what I was saying earlier in the conversation, is that what's really at stake here is search market share. Being for the first time, are going to have an opportunity to potentially, uh, obviously, they're not going to wipe out Google from the map. It's not going to happen. But, you know, there may potentially jump from 3%, 3% because that's the market share they held up until now, to, who knows, go to 15, 20 or something. And if you th- keep in mind that Google is already coming from a very painful last quarter, like based on what they reported on the earnings call, this is not looking good for them. It's not looking good for them. And if you've been playing, and if you're spending some time around blogs and chats that relate with the Google Ads ecosystem, There's a lot of angry advertisers uh, about the way that Google's been going on about their automations, pushing up, uh, expanded the display network into campaigns, and, you know, really saying that that they're lowering cost per acquisitions, but in reality, yes, they're lowering the cost per acquisitions with very shitty leads that are worthless, right? So, yes, you're getting lower cost per conversions, but... Guess what? Those conversions are not valuable. They do not necessarily bring any real business opportunity to your business, and so there's that. And it's all packed up together in the same package, and things are not looking very great for Google right now.
1: Yeah, I, I, Google's not in a good place, you know, and and you know it it sucks honestly cuz i personally you know i love google i really do when it comes to what all their products and how everything works i have google home like i'm such a google head when it comes to all this totally get it but they You're f- an android gal. I am. I am. And you know how much I love that stuff. So, you know, (laughs) I I totally get it, but they are definitely late to the game. And this is not a good look. You know, I mean, they've known to be for so long. They have so many developers on staff, so many people that do so many things, semantic language, AI. They've been known to be the forefront of all of this. So this is not good and it's not a good look for them. And I don't see it getting any better unless they completely reverse what they've done because no yeah <laughs> they have all focus groups they have the op the ability to find out if that name was even something that anybody would yeah. like so
0: i mean yeah not- market all marketing aside even even for microsoft it's like come on guys but anyhow with microsoft you may you can understand it a little bit with them wanting to retain bing right. as as the name kind of like to to be able to Type, uh, maybe whether. retain what they've already have and then yeah. kind of like you know, it off to me, it almost feels like they just wanted it to claim merit and victory under on under that one name, that it didn't take them to have to change the name of the product for it to succeed. It sounds like there's uh some e- some ego going on in there. Mm-hmm. But I, I'll tell you one thing, Grace, just as to what you're saying, right? Is 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 that like it's not like they don't have the resources, and the thing with Google that's probably really, really painful for them to see is that they had a lot of leeway when it came down to AI innovation. They had a lot for years. They held, they've been leaders at it. Exactly. Um, They just kind of like, you know, like I'm going to quote here, one of the authors, his name is Jill, Jill Luria, sorry. He's saying, you know, they have fallen asleep on implementing this technology in their search product, right? And so this is now how it looks. Microsoft shares around, uh, rose around 3%, Google lost 9%. And the bottom line is that what their product is, is not compelling enough for people, and I think you know um, it sends a very clear mar- uh, uh, like the markets. Why do we do look at them? Because I think it sends a very good message of what's the sentiment around, what's the potential that Bing carries, and what's the potential that Google carries. And I think people are disappointed with Google. It's like try harder, and with uh, Bing, it's like okay, you got our attention, we're listening, right? And so I think this is tremendous. Times, I think, yes, I don't think this is a fad. I don't think this is something that's going to come and go. I do think this is going to change the way that we use search engines. I think it's still too early to say whether, search engine, whether a, a chat sort of feature can replace the uh, search results page. Um, one thing that the search results page is having that ability for you to, with more transparency, if you may, see relevancy and decide for yourself what speaks to you individually rather than letting a machine kind of like decide that for you you know even though that was what algorithms were already doing but they were still giving you a choice whereas here it's kind of like one answer no so i think we're still early in the days there i don't think it's going to be a definitive of one or the other i think when i see like this co-pilot feature that goes with you into the websites and helps you out like that, to me, sounds more like what users are going to want to do. And then there is a the thing here, Grace. All all up until now, these are products that seem to be very desktop-oriented. How will they translate for mobile users? And the thing there will be, will this be kind of like the final piece in the puzzle for the transition to speech search? So that's kind of like, I think, we're heading with it's tie all in. of this, but it's uh, it's really really interesting. If I had to summarize this into an early or a premature a premature takeaway to tie it up to the whole legal marketing thing, well, you care about these things because you all rely on Google here for everything, right? Mm-hmm. So, um it's still things that are kind of like uh, an asterisk. It's going to be the local pack. How, how what will happen? You know, how, how does this come to play with the local pack? So far, we're not seeing. This necessarily addressing or solving or anything around those lines. Of course, ChatGPT can give you an answer as to which ones are the closest and best law firms around you. So, you know, I, I think this is this is great, but I just think, great, you need to feed, you need to feed the algorithms, right? ChatGPT is going to work based out of of what they see on your website, on what they see uh, being said about you on other outlets, whether those are news, whether those are directories. And as we're learning now, your own social media channels. So... Super, super important times to continue and to focus your efforts into making sure that you have great information about you and about the work you do and your areas of expertise online because that's what's going to make you discoverable. Any final thoughts on this, Grace? Content
1: is still king. No matter how many tools there are out there, you need to come up with thoughtful, good content. And this just keeps proving our point every time.
0: That's one that's of the right. last thought on GPT right. before I takeaways later. <laughs> yeah, 100%. All right Grace, now you know we need to also create some time here to to get some updates on markets because as much as AI and marketing are just ongoing changing and we we're not even touching here on the on the looming recession that's still lingering around. There's so much that could be said about how all of this is impacting the market as a whole. But I think what is really valuable for us to spend some time looking into is the development of mass Because also within this last couple of weeks, new things have happened. So why don't you give us a quick rundown of updates that you think are uh, game changing? So we'll start
1: with kind of one of the, in my opinion, kind of hot to trot And I think it's going to affect a lot of people um, in a lot of areas. And that's the hair relaxer uh, lawsuit. Um, We mentioned it a little bit, I think on the last call, but um, not a whole lot uh, because it was just kind of an emerging litigation at the time. However, it has now over more than 100 hair relaxer lawsuits have been filed as research continues to link uterine cancer, ovarian cancer, and other injuries to the chemical hair relaxer use. A judicial panel will be consi- will consider consolidating these this month. So my understanding is they're pretty comfortable of believing it's going to form an MDL. Um and obviously for those of you who an MDL is multi-district litigation. I know that we yep. say that a lot of times on here, but I just want to be clear that people understand the quick path of a mass tort lawsuit. Um, Obviously, there's multiple jurisdictions. Usually, you have to be licensed in a particular state. In the case of a mass tort, it's just having to do with consolidating all the cases across different states, and then they have to form the MDL. In this case, the MDL was actually formed quite quickly, if you ask me, because a lot of times they take a little bit, right, a little bit of time for that stuff to happen uh, because they start listening to uh, certain information, but enough information has come together to say that. We're going to be hearing oral arguments on. Well, they just did. They passed already, uh, and heard some oral arguments on January 26th. So they're they're going to decide uh, whether the M.D.L. has formed, or is going to form, or not form. According to one of our attorneys on staff, uh, she mentioned that she believes that the M.D.L. is going to form um, almost for sure, and that that's if if it hasn't already happened, it's going to happen within the next few weeks at most. So it's, um, everyone keeps saying the same thing in terms of hair relaxer. Uh, so it, it's going to happen and it looks like it's going to move forward. You know, what happens next is basically bellwether trials and stuff like that to, uh, take and see what, how serious some of these cases are, what kind of cancers come out of them. Um, and that's going to develop what the compensation is going to look like, right. For these litigants, um, so, you know, I, for those of you who don't know what a hair relaxer is or what it does, I think, I know I said it last time, but it's important, right? Leo, I would think to mention. Yeah. Okay. So recently uh, researchers discovered the tie in between, um, as chemical hair relaxers and a uterine cancer risk, particularly among, among, um, black women, um, because that's predominantly who uses it. Um, I'm per- personally, I'm Latin, um, You know, uh, uh, many of us also use hair relaxers. As a matter of fact, I've used keratin, uh, which is another version of a hair relaxer. Um, What they're talking about is not necessarily keratin. It's the, again, it's not lye-based anymore, which is the way they used to have these products was lye-based. Now it's a a different chemical that they use in the uh, hair relaxer. What it does is it takes your hair and essentially breaks the proteins to make it straight. So if your hair's curly, you use hair relaxer. It's a chemical and it ma- releases the protein so that your hair becomes straight instead of curly. Um, those chemicals after, you know, prolonged use or using it uh, constantly throughout a year or more, I believe it's four times or more per year, which if anyone has used any products for your hair, including even hair dye, you know that every couple months, when the yeah. new growth comes out, you've got to reapply. It's the same thing for a hair relaxer. So yeah. three months even, it could be, right? It could be two months. It just depends on the hair growth. They, they're they reapplying, reusing these chemicals that's absorbing into their skin, and they have linked it currently to potential uterine cancer and other issues in that area.
0: Thanks for the reminder on that, Grayson. It's really interesting, right? Been tracking these like from well for sure there's been earlier stages than when we started talking about it but still really interesting how things are moving forward and how far you know how things are increasing and and i guess here's where also you know the awareness that is generated through the, the content the advertising that the law firms generate is actually i think up to a certain extent what helps a lot expediting the process and a very very critical component on really enabling masters to become uh, or to stand a chance because if not enough people know about it and not enough people are actually signing up, then it it, it won't take a chance. So I guess this kind of gives the perspective of why it's never too early to enter into a master because if you wait by the time when things are too advanced, you are going to probably challenged at finding new clients to sign up or your cost per acquisition is going to be uh, significantly higher, which may still be worth it, not to say that it won't, but it's gonna be significantly higher, and the market's gonna be more saturated. And what's very interesting here, Grace, is I just went very quickly to the social media tracker of cost per cases uh, for masters and they're currently showing up $500 cost per case on hair relaxer, which is down from where we last reviewed it, and quite significantly. I would say maybe almost a, a, a almost a thirty percent drop. If I'm not mistaken, it was around seven hundred. So, yeah, very, very significant drop. And I'm not going to jump into conclusions. I don't think that there is not enough interest. I just think there is enough law firms who are holding back making investments now in certain areas.
1: Well, I think you're right. And I think, you know, just to do a little bit of a analysis on that situation um, from my own perspective and dealing with this. I believe that they did that because, well, yes, there's not enough interest in that particular mass tort, but also I think there's a very recent burn for people on Zantac Mm. um, when that happened, right? Because a lot of people were involved in it. It seemed like almost it was going to happen no matter what, and then all of a sudden the judge decided to throw every single case out. So a lot of people lost out on Zantac, and that can happen pretty regularly as as much as i don't want to say that but you know you don't know what you don't know until the yeah. discovery comes about until the science yeah. comes about there's a lot of stuff that goes into a mass tort so you know i, I think that you know people are one a little burned on yeah. some of the previous torts that came out and two i don't think enough people are invested in it necessarily you know yeah. because like i said before i don't necessarily believe that you should get into a mass tort unless mean something to you. Yeah. Why? Because you can be a better attorney to your client by believing in it. And the reason you became an attorney was to help clients. So, you know, unless this is something that's personal to you, I I don't necessarily see that many people getting into it. And truthfully, how many black attorneys are there? There's not a lot. You know, and so you I mean whereas in my opinion, you know, you there's while there's not a ton of uh, people that have dealt with paraquat as an example, paraquat, something that, y- you know, it's not specific to a demographic per se. Yeah. Right. So it's a little easier I think for people to be more invested in things that make sense to them versus something that like hair relaxer, a lot of people don't even know what it is. Yeah. So as an attorney, I don't know that I would get involved in something that I don't know, even know what, what it does or how it works.
0: Well, I think there's, I think there's many things, Grace, some of that could be what you're saying here now. Um, I think, you know, overall, as I was just opening up here the whole masters segment, we have the 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 unstable economic climate, people not necessarily feeling that confident, right? Putting money in things that not see, that they don't necessarily seem very necessary at this point. And so I think that also, has and plays a role, but what you're saying about Zantac is so important, right? I mean, it's so important because it's 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 not it's it's not over until it's over, as you've just said, Grace. And just you know, picking up from there, we're gonna move on into our last uh, master that we're gonna be reviewing today. But that's Johnson and Johnson because this is a tremendous example that how it is not over. Until it's over because it says a federal appeals court on Monday rejected a bankruptcy filing by Johnson & Johnson subsidiary dealing a setback to the company's attempt to limit exposure to flood of lawsuits over the talcum powder products. I remember last year, like the the lawyer that was representing them, right, got an award. <laughs> Got an award from being able to save Johnson Johnson's ass because this was already something that kind of like was like, Yeah, okay, fine. You you get to file bankruptcy. And it's being reversed. So insane. Insanity it, it, what's happening here. The Texas step, no more. <laughs> that's right. And 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 how great, how hopeful, right? I mean, yeah. for everyone, for the victims primarily but i think this is this is great and and you know a great reminder also of the mindset no of of the of, of the un- unpredictable trajectory that just masters have and the importance of the of the litigating work that's happening right i mean like this is not a it's it's not didn't happen by by you know by a chance like there's amazing lawyers here making these things happen a ton of them involved
1: in this and making sure that they're only putting up quote unquote the best cases that have the best chance of making sure that those who were negligent or are liable for these products that they're you know are harming people there's a ton of work on each and every one of these cases not to mention an mdl which has its own set of tons of work that has to go into it. So yeah, when it comes to this, I'm so excited. I was so happy when I heard it, it came out not that long ago. Um, but th- they threw the bankruptcy out. And it's funny because at the very big, be- not funny, haha, but like funny as in, I can't believe this is happening. At the very beginning, they were talking like the, the judge that was presiding over the bankruptcy is a bankruptcy judge. They're not mass tort judges. They're different. So That judge had to be told and understand what this came, how this came about, where this came from, but the judge was not the type, is not a mass tort judge. So they're under completely different rules and regulations that they have to abide by. And so that the judges that or the attorneys that were working with the towel cases then had to go higher and learn bankruptcy law. That was insane. I heard this whole conversation right when this happened in one of the conferences I was at between the attorneys that were dealing with it that were on the plaintiff steering committees. They're like, oh my goodness, now we've got to go and find bankruptcy attorneys. Now we've got to go learn bankruptcy law because now we've got to go through bankruptcy court to deal with these cases and get our clients the compensation they absolutely deserve. We're going to get it for them some way, somehow. And if it's through bankruptcy, okay, then that's what we have to do but we're going to do our damnedest to appeal this situation because nobody believes that this is right except for the manufacturer, Johnson & Johnson. Yeah. Nobody believed yeah. it was right. Plaintiffs, you know, the only defendants thought that this was the right thing to do because it was saving their money, saving their ass, and I don't know why they thought this could save, you know, face, but it definitely didn't. And I don't, I don't yeah. think anybody was believing anything that they did, and nobody believes Johnson & Johnson was bankrupt. I mean, come on. <laughs> so that's such a joke, Grace. It it's such is. A joke. It is. Yeah. This gave me. I'm not an angry person, but this infuriated me for for the yeah. firm, for the people, for everyone hurt by these by by this product. So yeah. this is a win for the good guy. This is a win for justice, in my opinion. And this teaches other manufacturers. Well, you can try and go and do this because apparently Arrow of the 3M earplugs manufacturers went ahead and did it right after these guys did. I believe that was thrown out almost immediately. However, they tried it because guess what? Johnson & Johnson did it. So everybody goes by the law and what's been happening. Seeing that this has been thrown out, good luck trying it again.
0: Yeah, Grace. That's absolutely, you know, uh, one of our takeaways here. Justice prevails, right? Yes. Yeah, it is. It is great. It's very hopeful and obviously... This being one of the masters that uh, well, I got to uh, market for it and and be uh, involved in it, and obviously you know it feels it feels closer to heart. Also, so you very well know uh, talcum powder uh, had a a, a massive uh, impact amongst the Latino community, and so yeah, um, it's 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 good to hear that there is uh, a new window here that just been open for that. So, Grace, thanks for updates. You know, there's so much to cover. There's so many things to look into. But we're going to have to stop here and pick up where we left in our next conversation. But before we go, let's come up with some good takeaways because there's a lot to go for here. Um,
1: So I think for me, the first takeaway is a reminder, really, more than even a takeaway. And that is content- whether you use tools or other kinds of tools or whatever's out there it's going to be the key and you can always use chat gpt and now this new bing search and you know aggregator of content is going to help you continue to do your job but keep an eye as i've always said before on new software and new things coming out try it out use it for you know your use but just know that good quality content is and always will be the most valuable thing that you can have as a firm, as a company. And if anything, I think GPT, as a matter of fact, and this whole Bing thing proves that, right? Because it's only going to pull content. You made a perfect point, Leo. And I think that's one of the most important points, which is it can only pull content if the content is there. So make sure their content is
0: there and it's thoughtful and good content. It is. It's a wonderful, it's, it's it's a wonderful point, Grace. And one that even, you know, if you start researching more in the topic, those are the things that really Google and Microsoft and OpenAI, obviously, they're very, very, very aware of, is that the lack of credibility of the accuracy of the content. And so I, you know... Think that even though we may see some improvements, it would all gonna have to come down to sourcing out things, to being able to pinpoint where is this information being subtracted, because nothing is gonna be able to uh reassure users more than knowing where the information is being pulled from. So I will I'm gonna go with takeaway that is about leveraging technology, right? Like, I don't think there is anything wrong when finding creative ways that you can use ChatGPT or new being in, in your operations. Just like you were saying, Grace, just be smart about how do you use it. I think it can be a fantastic source to kind of like get you started on writing a blog article that it can give some structure, some ideas, maybe even find some, some you know, if, if, if you want to have at some point or another some, some some particular tone added to it because, you know, that's the one thing that ChatGPT can do is kind of like adding a particular personality into your text. And so you can do that, right? You can actually create your content and run it through GPT and ask it, make this text witty and see what it comes out with, right? And some of it you may want to keep, some of it you may want to throw it away, but it's good. It gives you that opportunity of just extending, expanding your creative reach uh, in a way that you may have not been able to do that to do it before. So that's why I think it's cool. If you want to see examples of how does this look like in action, I'm starting doing it for all of our uh, episode descriptions. I let ChatGPT we route that we write them, but then I let ChatGPT to do something with it, right? Whether it's making it funnier, making it witty, making it uh, sophisticated, and it's just you know fun. So have fun with it. Use it in a way that it could actually help you take some burden away from you, use it as a way of summarizing content that you need to you need it to be summarized. Uh there is things that you can use it for that don't necessarily going to have a negative impact or that are going to put you at high risk of um, using something that's been just created from zero from the platform. And I think, you know, it's uh, it's great and looking forward to see which other ways this is going to be improving the way that we search online and the way that we interact with websites and everything else that comes with it. So that's my takeaway. Leverage technology. Have fun with it.
1: I love that idea, by the way, and I'm going to start using it for us where I'm just going to feed the wonderful content manager person we have her articles in there and just tell her to play with it and see if it gives her other tones, right?
0: Formal tone or this tone or that tone, more serious Yeah. And and you actually gave a great example last conversation. You said, like, go in that, go put up your content and say, write me uh, a couple of social media posts on this. And it it does it. And it's, you know, it's great. It's brilliant. Yes. With hashtags that are of value. <laughs> yeah. Citing. Okay, but always double check, look, make sure that it's there. Don't fire your social media person because no. you still need them, right? <laughs> Someone still needs to make sure that the content gets there. Go back and respond to the people that are actually commenting, interacting with it or strategically go and finding out which places or which chats, which conversations may benefit from what you are creating or contributing and go and proactively Add to the conversation by participating, right? So do not treat your social media strategy as a checkbox, as a, as a list with checkboxes that it's just a matter of, you know, posting every single day and that's it. There's more to it. Okay. So I'm just going to leave it there because that's a segue into a whole other conversation. But I do want to give the uh, social media managers the acknowledgement for the work that they do. And it's not something that can be replaced with a A chat GPT technology. Mm -mm. Yes. Okay, moving on. So for me, the
1: last takeaway obviously has to do with mass torts, and that is you never know what's going to happen, right? So keep an eye on it and get into the litigation early or those cases early organically if you can. If not, you know, because as Liel said, The later it gets the harder it will be to get cases because there'll be less of a pool of people and the more expensive it most likely will be because again less pool of people so if you see something do something about it if it's something a tort or a litigation that is of interest to you get in on the early times um grassroots it you know and really just put yourself out there and get involved on the community side of it because that is my best advice to anybody that wants to get involved in a mass tour and really truly get cases that not only speak to them, their firm, but also not as expensive, right? Because when you're able to get that word of mouth and that, that grassroots going, it will be significantly cheaper than just straight out buying cases that are, yeah. you know, further in the litigation. So Keep an eye on things, you know, make sure you pay attention, listen to our podcast on new and emerging litigations and um, yeah, make a move um, sooner rather than
0: later. I really like what you said, Grace. It really kind of like is humanizing the master right? And you're so right about the fact that, you know, one of the reasons why you should be getting into a master is because it means something to you, because it goes beyond just the potential economic impact that it can have on... The return on investment that you can get right it's something that you need to know when everything is said and done whether it was successful or unsuccessful that you felt that you were doing the right thing at not just a financial level but at a personal level as well right something that professionally meant something for you because it aligned with your personal values so i think it's 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 very important and you know you're even bringing it home more 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 uh in, in a more elevated way by actually saying you know if you care about it you're going to be talking about it you're going to be active on it and you're going to potentially encounter yourself in a situation where you're generating more cases on it because it's just in your nature you're just living it um with passion so it it is and it's the truth right when if you take that approach you're going to see completely different results than if you take the approach of uh putting money down and investing and i'm not saying that there is anything wrong with just doing it as a as an an, as an investment alternative i'm just saying that if you are to a certain extent skeptical about doing it just for the investment purposes then probably yes finding out something that really speaks to you that you 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 believe in and then have that drive to work and to fight for it's gonna potentially make a difference in the way that you go through the whole experience grace really really good stuff great insights um exciting times stressing times as well a little bit right with things going on but um we'll stay positive and we'll come back here with another conversation in a few weeks that's right leo thank you as usual this was a great one all right very different take care Bye. Bye. bye if you like our show, make sure you subscribe, tell your co-workers, leave us a review, and send us your questions at ask at intamerapodcast.com. We'll see you next week.